Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Break the Cycle with me, your host, Joshua Smith. I hope everyone's having a wonderful Wednesday. Wednesday. Holy crap. These five shows a week, man. I totally forget uh, I totally forget what day it is half the time. Uh, seven kids, full-time job, five shows a week. It's nuts, man. It is insane. So uh, make sure you check out the show. Become a member so I can grift those, uh, those memberships into becoming a stay-at-home dad who gets to just make content for you guys all the time. I mean win-win really and it's cheap you know anyways check out some of our sponsors of course lorenzotti.coffee for all your delicious italian coffee needs delivered directly to your door bring the taste of italy home use btc at checkout for a 10 percent discount and my friend my partner one of the coolest guys you'll ever meet overworked and underpaid mr top where you can get this great disobey your local tyrant shirt with uh andrew cuomo on it the the mr Cenocide himself uh it's it's pretty awesome. He's got awesome gear. Uh, you can get a 10% discount by hitting BTC at checkout. Or you can join the Patreon, Subscribestar, or the YouTube channel membership uh, to get into the private Discord server and get like a 30% discount and get new designs up to two weeks early uh, on all new merch. So check that out. Of course, executive producers of the show, AnthemPlanning.com for all your emergency and crisis planning needs. Uh, check these people out today. See what they can do for your home, your business life or your personal life, they're doing a job that the government sucks at much more efficiently and much cheaper. Guys, I have an awesome show for you today. I'm really excited, as per the usual. I'm always excited for my shows, but uh, this one's really cool. Uh, I got to meet this gentleman quite a lot uh, last year while he was running for president of the United States on a platform of basically abolishing all taxes because they're theft. Uh, and we got to meet up at all kinds of different events. He's the host of Taxation is Theft. He's a current candidate for governor of Texas, tax evader, drug smuggler, and uh, really uh, fine hat gentleman. He is Mr. <laughs> Dan Berman. How you doing today, sir? I'm doing awesome, man. That's that's uh, thanks. That's an awesome intro. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm glad to have you. I'm sure you're you're in some cave in Mexico like the last time we spoke. Absolutely. Absolutely. Always. This is my, this is my underground bunker from deep within the jungles of Mexico. Exactly. Exactly, man. I appreciate it. So man, you're running for governor of Texas, dude. Yeah. Yeah. From Mexico. Yeah. It's, it's from Mexico. Yeah. I ran from, I ran for president, uh, from down here too. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, we've got a totally new strategy that we're, we're going to approach this with um, because, you know, we've seen, we've seen libertarians over and over, you know, running for all kinds of different offices. Plenty of libertarians get elected at, at, at you know, small local levels, which is great. Um, but we need to step it up. And so we're working on a strategy that is basically taking that to the next level. So um, this is something, this is probably the biggest issue, right? Every every year, every election cycle, we have a new candidate who's running for governor, who's running for president, and they have to start from ground zero, right? There's not a whole lot of people out there who know the Libertarian Party or who vote just across the board Libertarian. That's already still a very small percentage. Um, but what we're, we're doing is we're creating a torch that can be passed 
from generation to generation. So we're creating organizations that are finding people to get very attached to a single issue. And then we're having those people go out and vote for libertarians based on that single issue. So this is something that it's it's much bigger than just this campaign. This is a strategy that I really think is going to be how we get governors and presidents into office. For sure. That's super rad, man. I definitely, uh, I like that. So, so Dan, you kind of came on my radar. You came on my radar. The first time I met you was at the Texas state convention in 2018, uh, before the national convention while I was running for chair. Um, and I didn't really know a lot about you, man. I just, I was like, man, this guy's got a great aesthetic. Everything's taxation is theft. It's all black and yellow. It's like, you know, that's, it's like my soul. You're speaking to my soul, you know, uh, ob <laughs> obviously I'm, I'm as anti-tax as they come. Uh, uh, and, uh, I am an ANCAP at heart 100%. So of course, you know, when all of the anarchists decide, decided to, uh, um, I don't know, separate themselves into color gangs, you know, black and yellow was my thing, <laughs> man. So, uh, right. but what, what, what's your story, man? Where did you come from? What, what got you to this, this, uh, hardcore Liberty stance that you have today, man? Are you're not a fed, right? No. Um, Although I have thought about joining just for like, you know, take it down for the inside. But um, I know, I know. So I grew up in L.A., um, like totally like blue, totally Democrat, like just surrounded by like Democrat shit. I mean, like like we went to public school and they would teach us like don't play with guns. They can go off even if they're not loaded. So like, you know, total fear of guns and like propaganda and, you know, dare. Uh, if you ever get arrested, don't ask for a lawyer because it makes you look guilty. Um, and like, oh yeah, that sounds wonderful. Trust the police. Okay. And then as I got older, I was like, yeah, I'm going to start a business or something. And like, I'm talking like, you know, maybe, maybe mid teens, I was trying to start like a business selling t-shirts, something like that. And uh, my parents were always telling me, make sure you pay your taxes and all this other <laughs> stuff. What? That's, that's so weird. Why do I want to do that? And then as I got older and started like getting more developed into like different business ideas and becoming more of an entrepreneur, it really just started like pissing me off. Like, why am I giving all this money to the government? What are they doing to me? Especially the feds who are basically like invading other countries and bombing innocent people. And I'm like, I want nothing to do with that. So I was like, I'm just going to stop paying taxes. And um, of course, I got into a fight with the IRS. They won because I had no idea what I was doing. Um, but I went on to research things a little bit more and I learned a lot more and I realized there's actually a legal way to stop paying income tax, um, state and federal, um, and city. If you live in New York, don't get me started on that. Jeez. And, um, uh, oh, uh, and I was Seattle. like, Seattle has a city tax too. Yeah. Screw that. Yeah. Um, just, just, it's like, just give, give your employer an address outside of the city. That'll probably work. <laughs> but, um, it, it, like, so yeah, so I'm just like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not paying t taxes anymore. Cause I don't want to support this shit. And like, you know, like it's bad enough. You're forcing me to be a, to buy a product that I don't like, regardless of whether or not I want to buy it. But the fact that I don't want to buy it on top of that just makes it even worse. So I started fighting that. Um, I, I fought a lot of traffic tickets and I was really getting good at becoming a lawyer. And I actually like ended up getting like the, the bar study guide and I was going to do, you know, catch me if you can it and just like run in and, and take the bar exam and pass. But then halfway through that, I realized, oh no, that's stupid. Why would I want to join the bar? I'm basically giving up all my freedom of speech because lawyers aren't allowed to do certain things. Um, so like all this stuff I was trying to do to better myself. And then like every, everywhere along the line, it was like, oh wait, no, like if you do that, you're, you're giving up your autonomy, you're giving up your rights, you're, you're doing all this stuff. And so um, I learned the best way to fight traffic tickets is to cancel your driver's license and unregister your cars. So I started doing all that kind of stuff. And, and you know, 
as I went down this journey, like I saw there's like a whole lot of like really weird conspiracy theory shit going on. And like some of it was like um, uh, they call it Patriot, um, Patriot mythology. Right. And it's like really crazy stuff. Like your birth certificate is is being held by the Federal Reserve on deposit and you can write a check for one hundred million dollars and they'll give it to you. And it's like, no, that's total nonsense. But that's being mixed in with all the truth about the reality of how the laws are written that you don't need a driver's license to use your car in America and you don't need to pay income tax unless you work for the government um, or live in Washington, D.C. So like I like I started like pulling apart this entire system, which turns out is a series of smoke and mirrors. And like we actually have a lot of freedom in this country. We just think we don't because we believe the government when it tells us like, no, this this is just the way things work. Like, yeah, it would be nice if it were actually a free country, but this is the way things work. No, all that stuff would be unconstitutional. And so they can't have it. So they've done the smoke and mirrors to get us to like basically put us mentally in cages and play along with their with their, you know, with their game. And that's how they control us. And so like once I realized all this stuff, I was like, I, and I know I sound like a crazy person right now, um, but like I was like, no, like. It, like once you realize that you're in a cage like this and that everything around you is fake, you just you can't stand for that stuff. So um, that's kind of how I got out of it. And then I started sharing the information with people. And I know like everybody's looking at me like, no, you're crazy. But like I started to prove this stuff. And then I was like, OK, everyone's kind of like looking at me like, oh, you're just some selfish guy who doesn't want to pay taxes and doesn't want to pay driver's license and tickets and all this other stuff. And you think you can run the world and you're above the law and all this other stuff. So then I was like, OK, what can I do for you? So that's when I started saying like, oh, OK, well, maybe I can smuggle insulin from Mexico because it's so much cheaper there. So sure. like, yeah, lots of lots of things along the way um, and like, you know, lots of learning experiences and um, um, trials and tribulations and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, like, man, um, it's been fun. Sure. Well, let's, I'm keep let's, doing it. let's talk. So I've been <laughs> telling people all week. I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm going to have my buddy Dan Taxationist Theft Beerman on. He's going to tell you guys how to run drugs from Mexico. And I'm and, and I'm sure people are like, oh, really cool? Coca? Uh, heroin? <laughs> Weed? Nah, man. Fucking insulin. So so let's talk about that, dude. You've been basically getting insulin in Mexico, which is, you get it uh, dirt cheap. Dirt cheap. Yep. You bring it to America. You sell it at cost, right? I mean, it's not like you're, yep. it's not like you're making some huge profit doing the shit. But, uh, yep. I had I had the uh, one of my first shows. I had Pete Quinones on, and we were talking about, um, you know, Doctor Fauci and how uh, it, during Dallas Buyers Club era of of the HIV the AZT drug, uh, people were actually going down to Mexico and filling their tires with like you know life changing therapeuticals because they knew AZT was killing uh, them when they were HIV or AIDS patients, right? So so why don't we talk a little bit about this this uh, you know this this drug running from Mexico? What's what what really I mean what really inspired you to do that? And how many people have you helped, man? So um, okay, one of the things that I've really been trying to figure out. His like libertarians are always like, oh, you guys are selfish. You don't care about the sick. You don't care about the poor, blah, blah, blah. And a lot of them, let's be honest, don't. Um, they're 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 there to complain about the problems affecting them. And they're not there to find solutions that help everybody. Right. I want to actually see a world set free in our lifetime. And I realize to do that, everybody has to have freedom, because if I have freedom and nobody else has freedom, then I don't really have freedom. So how do we help people? We hear a lot of people on the left complaining about the cost of living 
like the, like living is just not affordable. We need a living wage, you know, all this stuff and healthcare. And these are two of the biggest issues from the left. And so I'm sitting here like I know government is responsible for this because, I mean, you know, before government existed, people weren't running around like, oh, my God, I need a job or else I can't exist. Like that wasn't a thing. Right. We were hunters and gatherers before there was government and everybody was fine aside from getting eaten by the occasional pterodactyl or whatever. <laughs> um, but but so like. So like, how did we get here? And, and like government's always to blame, but how do we figure out a way to say that government is the problem so that the left, especially because yeah, the right wants more government, but the left usually wants a lot more government to fix the problems that were created by government. And how do we show them that the solution is actually to get government out of the way? And somehow I just stumbled onto insulin. Um, actually it was a friend of mine who was telling me he was, he was driving across the border um, to get his insulin in Mexico because it was so much cheaper there. And so I started digging and finding out the price and everything. And it turns out in the United States, it's a hundred dollars in Mexico and Canada. It's $12 and it's for a pen, right? It's a pen like this size. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've and, used and it's like, that, that you like click it to how many, to what you exactly. need. And then you just hit the button. Yeah. Yeah. They're, uh, exactly. I worked in nursing and, homes for a long time. So yeah. And it's, and like, they've started using the same kind of like injection method for like other kinds of drugs, like sure. that you need to take on a regular basis. Right. Instead of like carrying needles and a vial and like all this mess and, and it's just inconvenient. So like these pens are really convenient, but they're like ridiculously expensive in the U S now there's all kinds of problems and there's all kinds of like solutions. There's like insurance companies that'll pay for it. So a lot of people are like, Oh yeah, I don't know how much they are. They're covered by the insurance company. But the problem is you have something like a power outage, like we had in, in Texas, um, in February and people are losing their insulin. It's going bad. And they bought a six month supply and the insurance company says, well, you already got your six month supply. We're not going to refill that. If you, if you damaged it, that's your problem. Go replace it. Well, six months supply at a hundred dollars a pen is 600, 600 bucks. Some people use more than one pen a month. Some, so if they got six months, it might be, it might be like 1200 bucks or something more than that. Right. Sure. But down in Mexico, six pens is like what? 70 bucks, 72 bucks. So why, like, why not just go to Mexico and, and get, or no, I said that wrong. 60, no, 72, whatever. Um, maths, yeah. um, it's so much cheaper. And it's like, and you think about this, like if you, if you're a diabetic over the cost, like, like average the cost over 10 years, like you're saving a thousand dollars a year, 10 years is $10,000. Sure. Like put that towards paying off your mortgage sooner, right? Save money and interest from the banks. Like there's so much more you can be doing with that money and you're forced to pay this higher price. Why? And people will say, oh, it's not because of the government. It's because of the greed corporations. Really? Because these pens, um, the, the particular ones I bring in are called Lantis. Um, right. They're manufactured by a German company and they're sold in Mexico, Canada and the United States. The corporation is just as greedy in the United States as it is in Mexico, as it is in the United States. Why does it charge more in the United States? And it's because of the laws that are in place that limit um, uh, there, there's, uh, they limit the number of companies who can sell it. They put regulations on how they're allowed to sell it. Um, in, in the United States, you're required to have a prescription and people will say, oh, that's to protect us. So like nobody goes and gets too much because they're going to overdose in Mexico. You don't need a prescription at all. And there's no epidemic of people abusing insulin and overdosing on it. That's not a thing. It doesn't happen. So like all these, all these problems that government tells us it's solving by making the insulin ridiculously expensive are not even real problems to begin with. So 
what we really need to do is get rid of the regulations that are preventing us. Because, again, this is illegal for me to bring it in, especially for other people. Um, I don't know how many laws I'm breaking on state and federal level. I talked to a couple lawyers. They were like, don't do it. <laughs> um, like, it's it's absolutely insane. Um and it's like, why? This is life-saving medication. I'm giving it to people who need it. I'm giving it to people who have prescriptions in the United States, but I'm not a qualified pharmacist who's licensed to distribute, you know, well, and, you and can, I'm not checking and you can buy these prescriptions. buy like at the store in Mexico. I mean, you don't need a prescription. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 so, it's so ridiculous. But, and, and that's the stupid thing, right? Like, let's say, uh, let's say I'm a doctor and you're a patient. I could be sitting right there in your living room, right? And let's say like my license expired, it would be illegal for me to talk to you about anything medical. But if you came here to my couch in Mexico, I could tell you anything I wanted. And it's totally illegal. Why? Because it doesn't happen on the other side of an imaginary line. Sure. And it's like, and, and because of that, you have um, all this medical tourism where people are going to Mexico to get, you know, it, like dental work done, eye surgery, other surgery, breast implants. A lot of, like bar a lot of bariatric surgeries happen down there. Yeah, it's yeah. it's nuts. And and like uh, I, I had a friend who had uh, who had an eye surgery. He had it. I think it was cataract surgery. He had it done on both eyes. One eye in the United States, one eye in Mexico. The United States one. He was like he went to the doctor. He said, what's what's the process? How do we do this? It costs like tens of thousands of dollars, which went to his insurance. Um, it took months of planning. He had to come in for like three different appointments where he had to sit down and watch some video, which is like these guys are like. Either like they're making this bullshit up so they can charge him more or it's part of some regulation that he has to like watch this stupid video before he's allowed to have this particular surgery for whatever reason. Um, so months later, he gets that eye done. He goes to Mexico, walks into the office. Hey, can you do my eye? Um, yeah, come in on Wednesday. We'll have it done in an hour and a half. He did that. And he said the quality in both eyes was like exactly the same. So it's not like they have more technology in the United States. They were using the same machines. Um, the doctor was a doctor. He went to school. He trained for this stuff. Um, it's just that all of these regulations are in place and people are abusing us. They're like, oh, it's your health. Oh, are you afraid of dying? Give us everything you got. And people just they're willing to do it. And and if you don't have it, well, government has to give that to us. And it's like, no, government is the reason that you can't afford it in the first place. True. So this is kind of the message that that I've been bringing to people. And like when they see this and they realize how big of an issue this is, that it's not just greedy corporations. It's the the government that is propping up these greedy corporations and allowing them to rip us off. That's when they really come along and say, oh, OK, yeah, let's start getting rid of some of these regulations. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, Top Lobster in the chat just said that. Uh, and he's right. Mark Claire, Mark Claire was getting over the counter stem cell treatments in Mexico. It's crazy. It's crazy to think it's, about. The The only thing I've heard of that you need a prescription for in Mexico is um, antibiotics. That's bizarre. oddly enough. And like they said, like, because what would happen is people would get sick and they'd take uh, I think they would take more antibiotics than they need. And they said, like, this is like some whole herd immunity. And like, yeah. I don't know the science behind this. Well, but it would create basically like super, like, super uh, exactly. Yeah, it would create super bugs so, that so that's, got really bad. Exactly. So that's the only re that's the only thing that I know of that you need a prescription for. Um, you want um, uh, what is it? Hydroxychloroquine. You can get that. Um, you don't need a prescription. Um, you don't need the stuff that goes in the fish tank. Right. You, you get like it's made for humans. Um, like I hear people trying to get like they get covid and they're asking their doctors about hydroxychloroquine and they're like, can I can I have it? And their doctor's like, no, 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 no. And they're looking for doctors who will prescribe it. 
And like, this is how you get people like trying to like find like, oh, you can eat the fish pill that has hydroxychloroquine in it. And it's like, no, that's really bad for you. Um, and there's a ton of propaganda. Like you go to the FDA's website, um, for this other one. Um, what's the other one that they were saying is like a miracle drug Ivermectin. for COVID. Ivermectin. Yeah. If you look up like Ivermectin, um, the, one of the first sites that comes up is the FDA or the, the, um, uh, uh, the CDC. And they give you like all these reasons why you shouldn't take it. It's designed for animals and blah, 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 blah. And, but like even down, like in the, in the bottom of their article, they say, you know, there are pills of ivermectin that are made for humans. And it's like, so why did you start the article off by saying like, it's all made for animals. And like, they're, they're just trying to scare you into like the same thing with the fish tank thing, right? Don't take the stuff for animals. Of course, don't take the stuff that's made for animals. But like, like there's so many, um, there, there's so much, um, um, research that's been going in. I mean, it's not a whole lot of research because they won't allow the research to happen, but there's research that's, that's shown ivermectin works really well and doctors aren't allowed to prescribe it. And the CDC is like actively saying, don't take it, but you can go to Mexico and you can get it. Sure. Sure. So, well, and that's the ivermectin. Uh, a lot of the people that are taking ivermectin in the United States are, are buying, it's like for your horse. It's like a dewormer for your horse and you're buying, right. buying it like tractor supply and shit for $7. You know what I mean? It, well, and that's the thing that has like, for one, it's in much bigger doses because it's for horses and it's got all kinds of other chemicals mixed in with it that, that are fine for horses, not good for us. So don't take that stuff. But I mean, at the same time, if people are going to go and be like, well, a doctor's not going to give it to me, I'm going to go get it from tractor supply. Then it's like, you know, well, if it was available over the counter, at least they wouldn't be killing themselves or like taking sure. something that's going to like totally wreck their insides. Yeah. Given, I, I think with the ivermectin, there was like a the the horse uh ivermectin and the and the uh there's like horse and goat ivermectin in there i think that stuff uh there's like a a worry about um hepatic toxicity so worrying about your liver and stuff like that and so yeah it would make sense you would think you would hope that they you know because it, it has been used actually ivermectin has been used and chlor uh, uh the other one hydroxychloroquine, yeah, hydroxychloroquine yeah. uh have been used in humans for decades and it's cheap you know, it's been used for stuff like malaria and all kinds of other stuff. So it's, you know, does it work? I don't know. I haven't re read all the studies about it. You know what I mean? So I'm not going to sit on here on my YouTube channel and claim that it works. But, I mean, I've heard that right. people have had success with it. Uh, and I know that there was a doctor who treated uh, all of his patients with ivermectin and actually testified in front of the Senate and said, hey, we sent these results months ago and got back to us. Uh, so that was pretty right. crazy to see. Um, but, yeah, let's, let's talk about taxes, man. Seems to be your wheelhouse. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, you, hey, you promised my viewers, man. You, they're gonna you're gonna tell them how to get out of paying taxes. Okay, so the the first thing you have to understand is really to not pay taxes is to do nothing. The problem is it's really hard to do nothing when you go get a job. They're gonna make you fill out a W two form, right, or W four, and you're gonna fill that out, and now they're going to report all kinds of stuff to the IRS. The IRS is going to say, oh, this person's earning money. We're going to go tax them. And they filled out the form. They're taxable now. Um, opening up a bank account, what they don't tell you, um, and like it's sometimes it's in the fine print if you if you open like um, like I opened a stock account online um, and like it's in the it's in the fine print. Um, when they ask for your Social Security number, they're asking for your Social Security number, but they're typing it into a box that says taxpayer identification number. So like they're classifying you as a taxpayer and by opening a bank account, that's what you're basically telling the bank who's then going to tell the IRS. So um, jobs, contracts, if they're going to 1099 you, 
Um, you know, if you can avoid all that stuff, you don't have any tax problems. But as soon as you do all that stuff, you have tax problems. Um, so if you avoid all of that, you don't have to worry about taxes. You don't you don't have to file. You don't have to do anything. And they're not going to come after you because they don't have any documentation to say how much you earned in taxable form. Right. Because not all money is taxable. Um, and this is how the actual law reads. So. Um, the the the. Um, I guess the, the important part to realize is that the way that the tax laws are written is like they'll say things like any person who earns money in the United States has to pay taxes on. It. It'll say something like very broad and generic like that. Um, but then you look up, well, what's the definition of United States? Um, in the tax code, they redefine the United States. In the tax code, they redefine the word person. In the tax code, they redefine the word employee and employer and wages and all these words. Um, an employee is somebody who works for the government. And this is defined in the section that talks about how much how, how they withhold. When you fill out your withholding certificate, you are certifying that your money is taxable and that they should be withholding it. That's what that W-4 form is. Um, they send you a W-2 at the end of the year and they say they paid you this much in wages. Well, there's actually a form called the W-2C, which is a correction for that W-2 in case like they write down the wrong number. Let's say they gave you 20,000 and you say, no, I only got 15,000. You would fill out a form W-2C so that you let the IRS know, yeah, they put the wrong number. This is what I got. This is what I'm reporting. You can change that to zero if you didn't receive any wages. And if you, you can look in the tax code, like I'm not making this shit up, look in the tax code and it says right there, wages is money given from an employer to an employee. And if you read what an employee is, it's somebody who works for the government. It's like, it's, it's not obvious. And when you read it, it's very confusing. And it's like, that can't be right. That can't be right. That can't be right. But it is right. And I've got um, former IRS agents who agree with all of this. Um, I've got people who, who have not been paying taxes based on all this information for decades. Um, they've been charged with by the IRS because they're sharing this information with so many other people and they beat all these cases because like what they're saying is true. Like you can't you can't deny that. Um, and so basically, like, it's just all this scam. And like, you know, the guy that's like, you know, the 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 three card Monty, like, you know, like, yeah, follow the card, follow the card. It's a scam, right? You keep betting on that. You're going to keep losing. So how do you win that game? You stop playing. So stop playing their game. Stop filling out their forms. Stop telling them you work for the government by saying you're an employee. Stop telling them that your your um, your income is taxable and you don't have to pay their taxes. And it's as simple as that. It sounds absolutely insane. I know. And people are like horrified of having to go up against the IRS. But that's the reality. Now, here's something that's really cool. I have a friend who runs this organization called the Freedom Law School. This guy, I learned about this guy like over 10 years ago and I actually made a video about it who like, like this video went viral and like actually got me connected to like some really cool people in the movement who I'd never met before or like I had heard of um, and just never met before. And this video was about how Freedom Law School was offering $300,000 cash reward to anybody who could prove that there was a law that says that. you have to pay income tax. Yeah. And Nobody has been able to claim that. Nobody's been able to claim that reward. And all these people say it's, it's the 16th Amendment. No, no, it's not. Um, and there's and they say like, oh, it's the tax code. It's Title 26. It's all this other. No, it's not. Like, 
None of this is. Um, and nobody's tried to sue him and say, well, I have the proof right here. Give me the 300 grand. That's a lot of money, right? Like you sure. would think if somebody had that much evidence, they'd sue him. You'd think with all those like, like blood sucking lawyers out there, one of them would be like, oh, that's easy to prove, right? And they'd sue him and take the 300 grand. Not gonna happen because those laws don't exist. Um, so yeah, I mean, okay, so uh, Freedom Law School, this is what's really, really awesome about this guy. If you go to um, livefreenow.org, which is like, that's already like a libertarian thing, right? Sure. Um, he actually has a lot of information on there that you can do for free. Um, that you, you can kind of get you like down this path. He also has a program where if you sign up, he will defend you if the IRS ever comes after you and he will actually insure it with a million dollars. So if they ever take anything from you, he will reimburse you. Holy like crap. that's, that's how confident he is in his program. It's amazing. Aside from that, there's some really great books out there. Um, I, I got a couple right here. This one is, um, shattering the myths by Dave Champion. Um, this, it goes through the tax code and it explains like everything. And it shows you like how this whole scam works. There's case law from like the Supreme court from federal courts and all this other stuff. Like this is all absolutely legit. And I really like that book because like it makes it very easy to explain. Cause I've been researching this for like 10 years. And then I read this book and I was like, Oh, it's clear as day. Um, this other one is, uh, Joe Bannister, I was just remembering today, the first time I saw Joe Bannister, he was on like some some news channel with Ron Paul and I was just learning about Ron Paul. Okay. And it was the two of them. And he's on like Fox News or CNN or like one of these national news stations saying there is no law that says you have to pay income tax. And he's got this book. Um, uh, his his website is, um, I'll think of it in a minute. Yeah. Um, but he's got this book, which is like, he wrote this like over a decade ago when he he's working for the IRS, he hears, people saying like, there's no law that says you have to pay income tax. And he's like, what? That's crazy. So he does the research. And like a year later, he's like, oh, wait a minute. Like these, these people are telling the truth. Like the way this law is written, it does not apply to everybody. Now here's what's interesting. A lot of people will say, well, if it doesn't apply to everybody, why don't they just fix the law so that it applies to everybody, right? Seems like the obvious thing to do. The problem is if they did that, that tax would be unconstitutional. Right. And there were two taxes before the current tax that were both ruled unconstitutional by the Supreme Court um, before 1913. It was like the late 1800s. They were both ruled unconstitutional because they were taxes on income. So they got rid of them. Then they passed the 16th Amendment and the federal courts ruled on the 16th Amendment several times that the 16th Amendment gave Congress no new taxing power. So right. they couldn't tax our income before. This didn't change anything. They can't tax our income now. That's the only logical conclusion, right? As far unless, as the Supreme Court goes, you would think. Right. Unless they convince us to like admit that like we're doing some like operation with some taxable entity and they convince us to fill out the forms ourselves and send it in. And people say, what about all those people in jail from taxes? Those people are in jail not for um, not paying taxes. They're in jail for perjury because they lied on the taxes. They put the wrong numbers and blah, blah, blah. You're signing that under penalty of perjury. They don't go to jail because they didn't pay taxes. They go to jail because they tried to cheat and lie and they lied to the government. You can go to jail for lying to the government about what your name is. If I, if I'm walking around and I'm arrested and I tell them my name is Josh Smith, I could go to jail for 
um, fraud sure. for giving them false information under like, especially if I testified in court that I'm Josh Smith, holy shit, I'll be going to jail for a long time. Perjury. Like it's, it's insane. So this is like, oh, and then everybody brings up, um, Wesley Snipes. So I talked to the, one of the lawyers who represented Wesley Snipes and I found his indictment and like all this other stuff. Um, all of his charges were dismissed except for one, which was a misdemeanor failure to file. Well, wait, he failed to file. So you're saying it's a crime to not file? No. In the indictment, there were four corporations mentioned. And the, the crime that he was charged with was failure to file, which says any person who's required to file and who doesn't file is guilty of willful failure to file. But like I said, they redefine words. If you look up the word person for the purpose of that chapter, a person is an employee of a corporation who's responsible for filing the taxes. So he could not have been charged with that if he didn't have a corporation. Like, but then what was the media saying? Oh, he's not paying his taxes. He thinks he's above the law. Like all this nonsense. They don't know anything about the law. They never even read the indictment. They didn't understand a word of it. Sure. Um, and and th- this is what's so nuts about the whole thing, because that's like that's the propaganda branch. That's let's make everybody afraid of the IRS. And you'll actually see. Um, I want to say I want to say it's like CNN or like it's, it's one of those big like, you know, national networks um, every year right before tax season. There's this documentary that comes out called Tax Cheats. And like, ooh, look at all these people who went to jail because they didn't pay their taxes. Watch it very closely. Every single one of those people that went to jail, they were like they were like forging checks and changing the numbers and like crazy stuff. Nobody went to jail just for not filing. And this is the government's own propaganda to make us afraid because they they have to at least tell the truth. Right. Like they can fudge the truth, but it still has to be the truth. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, real quick, shout out to Top Lobster for the uh, for the super chat, five dollar super chat. He said you could buy quinine, uh, which is a derivative of HCQ here in America. Don't take fish peels. <laughs> yeah, and by the way, if you guys want to, if you want to drop questions in the chat for Dan Berman, make sure uh, dr- drop some super chats, even if they're like a dollar or two. Uh, we'll, we'll try to get to every question. I usually try to get to all my super chats uh, every show. I, I've only missed, I think, three in the uh, four and a half, five months I've been doing the show. So. I, Dude, I got a pretty good record there. Uh, also, please, if you're watching the show, smash that subscribe button because uh, we're trying to up the the uh, the algorithm. We're, we're getting real close to 4,000 subscribers. That's huge for us. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about your governor run, man. Texas, Tejas. Yeah. Are you running a campaign? Um, I, I Look, some of my favorite people and my least favorite barbecue comes from Texas, okay? Hi, kids. Do you like violence? Are you sick to death of pussyfooting around the truth while being constantly fed lies by news and big tech tyrants? If so, then come join me, Dan Smots, on The System Is Down, where we get weird, have fun, and dig into all the dangerous taboo topics like conspiracies, politics, religion, culture, current events, and everything your family just prays you don't bring up around the Thanksgiving dinner table. And I know that reality is scary to some people, so if you're easily offended, just ignore this and go back to making cat memes or whatever. But if you're ready to change the world for the better, come join me on The System Is down at tsidpod.com or wherever you get podcasts that's tsidpod.com because the system is down and truth is taking over what what uh <laughs> what are you running a campaign that would make pat patrick smith proud you know what i mean that's what i want to know yeah absolutely so Ooh. um like like i mentioned um okay 
here's the thing. There's a culture war going on, right? And how do we win this? Do we, do we win this by running around saying Democrats suck and Republicans suck? Or do we win this? Because the Democrats have been weaponized against everybody else. They've been weaponized against the Republicans and the Libertarians and, and all the and unaffiliated. They've been weaponized against everybody else. The Republicans are acting defensively on that. And the Libertarians are just kind of like, guys, guys, let's 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 get rid of the government over here. Meanwhile, these two guys are fighting between each other. And what I want to do is I want to get both sides to recognize, hey, guys, the stuff you're fighting over is because of this government over here. And if we can get them to see that, they will join us in fighting that government. Because let's let's talk realistically. As much as like it's fun to run around and say taxation is theft and the government sucks and all this other stuff, we as libertarians cannot take down the government. I know that sounds terrible and we're on the terrorist watch list now. We cannot take down the government on our own, right? We need the support of the rest of the American public. They don't have to be perfect libertarians. They don't have to understand our philosophy. They don't have to be dues-paying members. They don't have to be anything else. They just have to understand that we are trying to achieve the same goal, and that's getting government out of our lives so that we can be free and we can be happy and we can live our lives. So like I said, the, dem the left has been weaponized against everybody else. The right is acting defensively. If we can reach the left and get them to join us, the right now has nothing to be defensive about, and they can join us. So what I've done is I've created some policies that are very left, um, very left sounding to grab their attention and to let them know, I want to make your life better. And we're starting with rent and cost of living and health care. And of course, legalizing cannabis, because that's a pretty big one in Texas, right? So we get the left with these, right? But then we tell them the way we're going to fix health care is by getting government out of it, by reducing regulations, reducing taxes. The way we're going to fix the cost of living is we're going to reduce your rent. How are we going to reduce your rent? We're going to get rid of the property tax and tell the property owners that you have to pass that savings down to your renters. Your rent becomes less. We get rid of property tax. The right sees that, oh, we're getting rid of property tax and the left is on board with it. Okay, cool. It's a win-win for everybody. And so we have these policies designed this way so that we let both sides know this is a mutual benefit. And when we do that, we actually see like this unity that everybody's talking about, but not really doing anything about. We're actually creating this unity and people are coming together to support this. So this is how we get the support from outside of the Libertarian Party that we absolutely need if we want to make any real headway. Now, here's the cool thing about this. A lot of people are always like, oh, libertarian candidates, you're not going to win. I'm not going to bother donating any money. Like, you're not realistically going to get like 10 million votes and, and this and that, right? Here's the thing. Because we're creating these movements that are technically outside of the campaign, but we're connecting to the campaign, we can connect. These movements are nationwide. They're connected to other candidates. And in the next election cycle, when there is no election cycle, when it's off season, we continue to grow. We continue to get followers and support. And when the next election cycle comes around and we have new candidates, that foundation still exists and all of that support transfers to the new candidates. So we actually have 
a torch that can be passed from generation to generation of libertarian candidates that will grow each year instead of having libertarian candidates that now have to start from scratch and try to just like knock on doors and all this other stuff, which is just like it's impossible. You're not going to knock on 20 million doors. I mean, you could, <laughs> but it would take a long it'll take a, time. It'll take a while. And a lot of people, a lot of people. Uh, thanks for the super chat, right. Bubblegum Gun. Appreciate $2 super chat. He said, we win this through an extremist unity confederacy. We're all, we're all, I think we're all extremists. At least as far as Facebook. is, Because all my friends, right. all, all my friends are getting, they're getting these, uh, like warnings that they're being uh, exposed to extremist content, but I haven't got one. So I'm guessing uh, that they, are the I am content. the extremist content. Yeah. So you <laughs> yeah, know, I haven't I gotten it. one either. Yeah. I shocking. I'm shocked. Like, I'm very shocked. Yeah. Uh, level zero, uh, $2 super chat. Great patron. Thank you, sir, for, for hanging out. He said, uh, Dan's thoughts on Irwin Schiff. Oh yeah, man. So, Luckily, when I learned about him, he was still alive, but unfortunately, he was already in prison. Um, and I was kind of going through this phase where I was already like learning about like, you know, like I said, the, the Patriot mythology and like I was like half of this is like total bullshit. So I was at one point I wanted to create a documentary to like of like me going through and figuring all this stuff out. What's true and what's false. And long story short, the amount that I found out that was true made me so depressed I gave up on the project. But during that process, I wrote a letter to um, to Erwin Schiff in prison asking him if I could get permission from the prison, if he would do if he would do an interview. And I told him about the project that I'm working on. And he said hey, he wrote he wrote me back this letter um, like by hand. And like this is like this is like this is like an artifact of history to me. Um, basically, he said um, he said, I'd love to, but it's never going to happen. Like they put me here to die. Um, and like, you know, they don't want this information out and like all this other, you know, crazy conspiracy sounding stuff. And I was just like, it was really, it was, it was really kind of heartbreaking to read that. Cause it's like, I mean, like I talked to Tommy Chong, um, who was in prison for, he got set up by the feds. He didn't even commit a, a crime. Like he shipped a bong to a place where bongs were illegal because the feds specifically went to his website and ordered it to that place. Oh, and like they set him up and they sent him to prison and he's just like, man, I was having a good old time in there. Of course and like, was. and then, and then in contrast, you have Erwin Schiff who's just like, they, they put me in here to die. And like, I, like, I get it. Like they're like, you know, I talked to all these other people who are now experts who say like, yeah, this is what he did wrong. Um, you know, he grew up in a time where we didn't even have the internet. Like you didn't even have the tax code in a searchable form. So you could search for the word person and find words to find. Um, he had like the tax code book and he had like, there's videos of him with it. And like, you know, he's got like all these little sticky notes in, in there and everything. Like he was reading through the entire tax code, which is tens of thousands of like paper, like tissue thin paper. Um, he did an amazing amount of research for this. Um, and, and, you know, he was, he actually like I, I saw some of his early videos and he was talking about 9-11 and how like whole, you know, the whole um, Iraq, Afghanistan thing is a farce. And this was like videos from back in like 2001, 2002. He was already talking I, like I started seeing all this stuff before I even learned about Ron Paul. Um, you know, he was talking about hyperinflation and and currency and the Federal Reserve and like all this stuff. Um, 
I mean, the guy was like amazing, amazing amount of information. Um, I don't know how many of his videos are still out there because I think a lot of this was even like before YouTube. So like I remember going to his website and he had videos and stuff, but they weren't in YouTube. They were like on some other video service. I don't know if any of that stuff's still there. His website is still there. He's got a lot of free resources you can download. Um, I don't know who's keeping that up. But yeah, I mean, he was, he was an awesome guy. It really sucks what they did to him. Uh, he wrote a book called The Federal Mafia. Um, I actually had a copy of it at one point. And when I, I had to move, I had to get rid of everything. I gave it to a friend um, who then later got set up by the feds. And he's sitting in prison now, too. So I don't know where the book is. Um, yeah, I know a lot of people in prison. Um, but this book, The Federal Mafia, this is the reason he's in prison, because he wrote this book. They tried to ban this book. They took him to, to, to court and they tried to ban this book. And the reason the judge said we can't ban this book is because in the book he was telling people not to file. And he said by telling people not to file, he's not telling people to break a law. If it were illegal to file and he were telling people to file, then he would be telling people to do something to break the law. But he's telling people to not do something. And so therefore, he wasn't inciting, you know, a violation of the law. But what's really messed up about that trial is that's absolute nonsense. Because if anything in his book were false, why didn't they just say, Right here on page 223, blah, line, blah, blah, blah. He, he writes this sentence, which is clearly false. Not a single mention of any false information in that book. And ultimately, when they put him in prison, they basically said, here's a tax form. We want you to sign it. If you don't sign it, you're going to go to prison. If you do sign it, you're going to be convicted of, of perjury and you're going to go to prison. <laughs> so they forced him to sign. It's, it's absolute nuts. There was even... Um, there's even a, a quote in the transcript from the judge where, you know, he's he's in front of the jury. He's telling them, like, like, if there's a law that says you have to pay the taxes, show it to the jury, show the law to the jury. And the judge says, I will not allow the law in this courtroom. <laughs> this is a federal court in the United States saying I will not allow the law in this courtroom. Absolutely insane. That's insane, man. Absolutely insane. Uh, Bubblegum Gun, thanks for another uh, $5 super chat. said, you'll never change a socialist for smaller government. Libertarians are the worst allies. Ayn Rand types are status quo shills. We need an extremist union. I, I disagree. I think libertarians can be really good uh, allies. And I am I am a libertarian. I mean, um, you know, I'm obviously uh, – I'm a much further right libertarian than most of the libertarians in the libertarian party outside of a few caucuses. But uh, – I disagree. I think libertarians are great allies um, as long as they're not what I like to call regime libertarians, which is a word that I had not listened, not heard much of before. But then I heard Lou Rockwell talking about regime libertarians. And these are the, the beltway types that, um, you know, they want to get in tight with the, 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 the beltway elite. You know, they want to be tight with them. And I think mm -hmm. those libertarians are bad allies because they they're like, oh, well, you know, the taxes are too high. So we got to maybe we can lower them a little bit. And they're like, you know, the gun legislation's really bad. So maybe we could just roll one or two back. Like those are the kind of liberty. They don't want to piss off the establishment. They don't want to piss off the, the, the Beltway D.C. like, you know, power elite and uh and uh so those libertarians i will agree are are bad allies the the the, the uh, fucking unapologetic uh radical libertarians are extremists i mean that's you know uh we literally got called extremists on tv not not just what three months ago so mr john brennan 
said and and even libertarians. <laughs> so man, what's uh what's what's going on? What, what, how are you gonna how are you gonna run this campaign, man? You, so you got these ideas, you got these policy ideas. What are you gonna do to get out there and beat the streets, man? Especially since you know you're down there in uh, Mexico. Uh, what are you gonna do? How are you gonna do this? So we are organizing right now volunteers all over the state, all over the country. We're working with um, partnerships with other candidates running in, in other areas. Um, we're building up these organizations um, to really start getting out there. We're going to be running paid advertising for these organizations. And as far as people know, like these are just issues that they care about. Um, and and I, like I, I want to emphasize how how powerful this strategy is. If you look at most Democrats, like, why do they vote Democrat? Is it because they like going to Democrat conventions and like, oh, you're wearing blue. I'm wearing blue. Hey, cool. We're brothers. No, it's because you have organizations out there saying like fight for 15. And people are like, oh, yeah, the cost of living is really bad and they should really pay people more money. They really care about that issue. So you have an organization for it. You have Medicare for all. You have Black Lives Matter. You have all these Democrat organizations that are out there getting support for issues who, for, for people um, who only care about single issues, who don't care about anything else. Like you ask, like if you go to any of those groups, they're probably even divided between pro-life and pro-choice. Why don't they bring up pro-life and pro-choice in those organizations? Because they know that's going to that's going to lose half of their audience. So they build these organizations and that's how they get everybody to vote Democrat or Republican. The Republicans are doing the same thing. So this is an important strategy that the that the libertarians are completely missing out on. And by doing this, I mean, we see this all the time, right? We see new libertarians come and they're like, yeah, we want to legalize weed. And then they're like, oh, wait, you guys like guns, too? Oh, you guys want to legalize cocaine? Oh, you guys want to get rid of taxes and the schools and the roads and everything else? And licensing and, then and all that stuff. Yeah. But instead, we just focus on single issues and say, look, this is the most important issue to you, right? And we get them, we get them in line with us, and we use those to teach them libertarian principles. So, for example, um, cannabis legalization. What does most cannabis legalization look like? Oh, if we legalize it, we can tax it, and we can raise a ton of money for the schools, right? Um, or uh, if we legalize it, it could be used as medicine, and we could save so many lives, right? What our organization is legalize happiness. Is we're saying none of that matters. First of all, it's a human right, and rights cannot be taxed. If you if this is your pursuit of happiness, you have a right to that and it cannot be taxed. But if there were no medical value to this at all and you just wanted to use it to get high, that's still your right. So we're teaching a libertarian philosophy along with the message of legalizing cannabis, which none of these other cannabis legalization organizations are doing. And that's really where the real power comes from, because we, we get them on the issue they care about. We teach them a little bit of libertarian philosophy. We don't force feed them the whole platform. They, they come around eventually. And if they don't come around on all the other, other issues, that's fine. As long as they're supporting all of our candidates to get into office to legalize happiness or to, to free health care um, or to lower the cost of living and to lower the taxes. So like all of these things are like this is, this is how we win because like I said, it's a culture war, right? Like they have weaponized, they have weaponized individuals against us by getting them like so like dogmatic about these issues, about these polarizing issues that are largely irrelevant. Sure. 
Like they have us like fighting over masks and whether like how how prevalent racism is. It's always it's always um, wedge issues, Ra- racism, immigration, and abortion, and the, and, the, and we have this so same wedge issues inside the Libertarian Party. And it's like, yo, dudes, we uh, I don't know if you guys have had I don't know if you guys have recognized this yet, but we have literally fucking no power whatsoever to affect change on those issues. So maybe shut the fuck up about them so that we can continue to work towards I don't know getting somebody fucking elected anywhere. You know what I mean? <laughs> so sorry, it always gets me really mad. Absolutely, the wedge issues piss me. Yeah, off. no. Well, and and that's the thing, right? So a lot of people want the Libertarian Party to be the one like, oh, it's our messaging. We got to get our messaging right, right? But like, wait, what is this? Is this a central organization? Is that what we're creating here? We need to like all agree on the right messaging because this is this is why we like we don't get anything done. We're always fighting each other about the right way to do it instead of just saying, okay, look, I believe this is the right way to do it. I'm going to get out and I'm going to do it. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And I'll try something else. If it does work, everybody else in the party is going to come to it and support it because they know it's working. And like it's decentralization. Isn't that what we're always preaching? Like, so why do we keep going to the Libertarian Party and say we we have to like we have to put leadership in the Libertarian Party who can come up with the right messaging to like make shit work instead of just saying no. Let's all break into our little groups. Let's do a bunch of experiments. Let's try different things. Let's see what actually works. And then let's then let's come back to the party and give that information to other people so that they can continue to spread what's actually working. And that way we can actually grow. Yeah, I agree, man. Absolutely. I, you know, I think I've talked about this a lot. I think that, uh, you know, this this whole fight for freedom in the in the country, this this whole battle to uh push back on the 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 uh global elites or whatever you want to call them or the 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 national elites here that are uh, always looking to grab more power from us um there's more than one way to go about it you know what i mean i and i i've been really i've been really open to all different ways i think agorism's a great way i think the political process is a great way i think think tanks and and platforms and and teaching and spreading philosophy is a great way. I think Bitcoin is an amazing thing that everyone should get involved in. That is not financial advice. SEC kiss my ass. Uh, and so, um, so yeah, man, I'm I'm really I'm really up for you know whether whether it works or not. I think anybody trying to uh, you know turn people towards freedom is a good thing, man. In any in any aspect and any way they can. So, uh, man, what's up next for you, bro? What do you got coming up? Oh man, always something. Um, I built a small social network, which is kind of a cool thing. Um, we have, oh, here's, here's an interesting one. Okay. Because I like to practice what I preach, right? You can do things without the government. You can do all kinds of things without the government. Why do we have corporations and LLCs? And I see like every libertarian, like they go out and they file for their nonprofit 501c3, 501c4. And I'm like, why are you doing that? You're asking the government for a special right. You're giving up certain rights by doing that. Um, and, and why are you doing all of this? Um, if you get a 501c3, you're not allowed to endorse candidates. You're surrendering your freedom of speech by getting a 501c3. Why are you doing that? You're getting a corporation. Um, and so what I did is I came up with this thing that's like, um, let's, let's, let's make our own thing. Let's make a corporation without asking the government for permission. Kind of like how Bitcoin said, let's make money without asking the government to make it right. And so basically what it is, is you have the same kind of thing. You have your, your, um, your articles of incorporation, like 
you know, basically saying what this corporation is, how it works, whether you have shares, whether you, you know, how, how the ownership works, whether you have directors, employees, all that kind of stuff, what it's called. Um, and then as far as the limited liability that comes with the corporation, well, why, why do you have limited liability? Um, there's two reasons you harm your customers or you harm anybody else. A corporation gives you protection against anybody and an LLO um, a limited liability organization gives you protection against just your customers. People who come to your website, check the box. I agree to the terms and conditions. I understand. I can't sue employees. I can't sue owners. I can't sue officers. Like I'm going to treat this like a corporation, even though legally it's not, it's a contractual agreement. You get limited liability without the government and it's legitimate. Then there's the protection of liability from anybody else. Well, why would anybody else want to sue you? maybe you drop some toxic waste on their land. Well, yeah, they should sue the shit out of you. If, you're, if that's what you're going to do, you shouldn't be doing that. And you shouldn't have government protection to allow you to do that. That's illegitimate, right? That's basically you're asking for the mafia to protect you so you can run around committing crimes. Let's get rid of that. Let's say, okay, no, I'm going to make sure my employees don't do anything illegal. And I'm actually going to contractually protect them that I will be responsible as long as what they're doing is following my orders, then I will be responsible for any crimes that they commit or any mistakes that they make or the organization will be. But if they make some stupid mistake because like, let's say they're lazy one day, they're supposed to like drop something off at the chemical disposal plant and instead they're just like, ah, let's just dump it in this river and they do that, that's on them because we didn't give them permission to do that. We didn't ask them to do that. We specifically told them those aren't the kind of things that you do working for us, right? So it puts personal responsibility back in the relationship of businesses and employees too. It keeps everybody accountable. So it's an experiment, but I think this is something that's going to be really cool, um, a really cool experiment to see where it goes and like how it changes the scope of how we do things. Absolutely. Uh, shout out to Bubblegum Gun for another $5 super chat, man. I appreciate you. He said, uh, forget about what works. All systems works work. Humans are the problem. What we need to do is let commies, fascists, and anarchists have their own nations. Liberty. Hey, I am uh, 100% in favor of national divorce. Uh, I have I have been very, very vocal about that. And uh, I think that, you know, if you read physical removal in the context that it's actually meant in Hoppe's works... Uh, I agree. You know, I don't think, I don't think, I think if you want to have your, you know, your own little uh, libertarian uh, society and your own little libertarian community, uh, you're going to have to make sure that, you know, you don't fill it with people that are amazingly antithetical to liberty. So, um, yeah, I, I agree. And I'm, I'm 100% behind national divorce, but I also want to, you know, let, you know, fight as along the way until we can get there. Cause it's not like the government's just going to be like, all right, guys, go ahead and secede. Everything's fine. You guys can have this, you know, well, the anarchists can have Nevada, California, uh, you know, it's not going to work like that. It's going to, you know, it's going to take a lot of work and we're going to have to really push back on a lot of these laws and the case that will last, uh, you know, a long time. So, um, well, yeah, man, there's an interesting, there's an interesting question that comes along with that, right? Let's say, let's say you divide, the entire country into three different, three different states with three different philosophy and everybody's happy, but then they have kids and the kids never agreed to any of that. Now you have kids who are like, Oh wait, I feel like being a communist, but I'm in a libertarian society. Can we change things? 
And what if the, what if the kids you eventually have, you know, your younger generation outpopulating the older generation? Um, should they be allowed to change things or do they have to follow the if you don't like it, you can leave rule? Yes. That's that's where like I wish that's, I could just that's drop like an interesting on, on on. Right. Look, if you have a society, listen, if you have a society that's like, look, we're libertarian around here, but we're going to police our own. Right. It'd be like, we're gonna, look, we're libertarian, but we're not going to let fucking pedophiles into our, our community. Right. Yes. If you're a pedophile in the community and you're it's a libertarian community and there's no cops, there's no, you know, how libertarians argue about the age of consent all, all the time. And there's no age of consent because there's no laws. Yes. That person should be fucking physically removed from the community and have to go into exile and go live somewhere else. So if you can argue with a pedophile, you can argue with a ton of other shit, too. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so, yes, if you're born into a community that that operates a certain way, that's like, you know uh libertarian but you know we don't want you fucking shooting guns at the house across the street and you're and you're born and you're like well i like to shoot guns at the house across the street so fuck you <laughs> be like okay well fuck you the community is now going to remove you and you can go live in the fucking communist uh community that's six miles away that does shoot at each other's houses you know what i mean because you're all a bunch of fucking idiots but so so that's you know that's you know it's kind of gives you the opportunity at least with the national divorce and these you know covenant communities it gives you the opportunity to vote with your feet you know what I mean? That's really what it is. It's like, okay, I don't like this community, and this community outnumbers me, and this is their rules here in the community, and uh, I'm going to go live somewhere else. It's not like the community, you know, if if you move into a community that's like, yeah, we collect taxes for this community to make sure our, our fucking private road is fixed. Like you're you're gonna pay the tax you're gonna pay the taxes because it's not a government governmental fucking tyrannistic rule. It's like you're taking care of your own street. You know what I mean? So it's a right. little it's a little different. Um, but uh, Jermaine Vincent, thanks a lot, man, for a five dollars shout out. He said, "Is Nick Sarwark a regime libertarian or uh, or a Fed? But why not both? Why not, why not both? <laughs> Just to be honest, man, you know, why not both? Uh, but anyways, yeah, uh, dude, we're can look. We're at an hour. Uh, we're gonna do. We're gonna do a, a fifteen to twenty minute exclusive stream as soon as I kill this stream uh, for all the the the, patri the patrons, the channel members, and the subscribe stars. So if you want to watch that live." Make sure you hit join under any of the videos. It's six bucks a month. You get all these fire ass uh, emojis that you see all the, the the channel members using in the live chats all the time. Uh, you get uh, custom badges that show how long you've been a member, basically, depending on what color they are. And you get to watch the live uh, exclusive after hour streams where we let loose and uh, talk really controversial shit because I don't monetize them. Uh, so YouTube doesn't even pay attention to them. They're basically unlisted as far as as far as they're concerned. Um, so do that. And uh, and 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 we will uh, see you here in a couple of minutes. But damn, where can my can wonderful I... followers? Uh, where can they find you and subscribe oh, yeah. to you? And support you can find you? me. You can find me at uh, danforfreedom.com, um, and I got links there to like all my social medias. I wanted to say, if you want to, in in your in your um, after hours stream, uh, I can tell I can tell people where to buy weed. Oh, sick! Yeah, let's do Is it. That... Yeah. All right. Yeah, all right. Absolutely. So absolutely. so make sure to show up. Yeah, absolutely, man. Hey, man, I appreciate you coming on. I'll see you here in about two minutes. All right, guys. Man, Dan's cool, dude. I, I miss the big top hat that he used to wear, though. I'm not going to lie, dude. But I, I don't think it would fit in my, uh, my, my framing for this show, unfortunately. Yes, Jason Booth. Uh, that's what I'm saying, man. Uh, yeah, it, look, if, if somebody, like, has an ethno society, you know, where there's, like, you know, 34 houses and they're, like, a bunch of white people and probably have really bland food and shit, like, you don't have to live there in, in a national divorce. You can go over to the, the multicultural neighborhood where you can have, you know, 
tacos and African food and whatever other kind of food they have there and not just uh, spicy mayonnaise, man. So that's that's the good thing about national divorce. We're never going to agree with everybody on everything. So having your own little, uh, you know, your own little communities that, that kind of um, project the values that you support is a good thing, in my opinion. Uh, but anyways, guys, go check out my sponsors, Lorenzotti.coffee, for all your delicious Italian coffee needs delivered directly to your door. Bring the taste of Italy home. Use BTC at checkout for a 10% discount. And of course, my friend, my homie, my best partner I could ever imagine to have on this show, uh, TopLobster.com, who does more work than, than uh, he probably should for me. Uh, go check him out. Use BTC at checkout for a 10% discount. Or as I always say, Join the Patreon, the subscribe star, or the channel here on YouTube uh, to get into the Discord chat where he drops his designs up to two weeks early and gives you that entire time to buy his new designs at a 30% discount, which is super deep discount. You probably, if this was a new shirt, you'd probably get this Disobey Your Local Tyrant shirt uh, for like 12 bucks or something, maybe maybe 15 with uh with the uh or, or less than that uh, with the shipping. So it's a really good it's a really good deal if you want to buy it super dope close uh and you're one of the smaller tiered patrons or subscribe stars or or uh or uh channel members it, it really pays for itself man it, it, honestly if you're buying enough stuff from them um also i wanted to shout out jermaine vincent who became a uh 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 rothbard tier uh patron today this morning i woke up to that so i really appreciate you man thank you very much um and of course executive producers of the show anthemplanning.com for all your emergency and crisis planning needs uh check these people out today see what they can do for your your business your home or your personal life they're doing a job the government sucks at much more efficiently and much cheaper coming up on the show guys tomorrow uh, I'm going to have my friend Jacob Winograd from Pennsylvania, uh, Mises Caucus guy. He's uh, very religious. We're going to talk about religion and anarchy and libertarianism. Uh, he is extremely, extremely versed in the Bible, so that should be fun. I am not. I have read it twice, if you can believe that, uh, but he's much more versed in it. Uh, he's one of those guys who can pull, pull uh, verses right out of the Bible very quickly. Uh, and on Friday, based, based uh, lawyer, Eric Matheny, who just had his um, – uh, whole YouTube channel removed for just being way too badass. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I hope you guys will join me there. I will see you tomorrow for the show with Jacob Winograd. Please think about checking out the Patreon, the subscribe star or the uh, YouTube channel membership. It, it really goes to a good cause. Cause you guys know I have 75,000 children. Uh, so every time you guys hit one of them, super chaps, you feed another kid and I appreciate you, but I will see you tomorrow until then. Don't forget to break the cycle. to explain the lyrics of my last song may seem to contain a violent call to action in the verse in the frame but i just spent it in minecraft the helicopter part was in reference to gta 5 and the things you do so any violence you commit i am not an excuse because i just spent it in minecraft what temper is my friend and he's constantly cold accusations of incitement getting totally old Make your own choices, yeah, you have control Because I just landed in Minecraft Obviously I would never advocate force Unless there's due process and a trial, of course And if you're convicted, we will make you a corpse In Minecraft, just in Minecraft You're nothing I mean, you know it